Hey, App Growth community, welcome back to the App Growth Show, where we host mobile experts to unlock valuable and actionable insights on how you can grow your app. No matter where you are in your app growth journey, we are here to help you reach your mobile growth goals. Let's dive right into today's episode. Today, we are so excited to welcome Simon Berube. Simon is one of AGN's first clients from way back in 2018. Simon is the CEO and founder of Hypnos, as well as the general manager and founder of Better Sleep, formerly known as Relax Melodies. Better Sleep is one of the top sleep meditation apps in the world. Simon led this company to tremendous success and constant growth for 13 years before recently selling it to Teladoc. Simon now spends his time developing new ideas, angel investing, mentoring, and assisting other startups in their growth. Simon is a seasoned industry professional who has seen it all. He's co-founded, launched apps, hired employees, experienced phenomenal success, exited successfully, and now invests and helps others with their businesses. Prepare for an engaging discussion about Simon's journey from engineer to entrepreneur, as well as some of the crucial steps he took that led to Better Sleep's rapid growth and success within the health and fitness vertical. Welcome to AppGrow Show. My name is Boaz Aidy, founder and CEO of AppGrowth Network, leading North America's uh, marketing age, app marketing agency. Today I'm here with Simon Baru. Uh, he's the he's the co-founder of uh, of uh, Hypnos and Relax Melodies, and formerly that was the name of the company. Now Better Sleep. How are you doing? I'm doing great, yourself. Well. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me in the call today. And uh, do you want to introduce yourself for our audience? Yes. Uh, so, like you mentioned, my name is Simon Spirube. Simon Alex Spirube. I'm co-founder of Hypnos. Founded the company 13 years ago, 2009, the beginning of the App Store. Um, I have a computer engineering background. I started in a very different landscape, uh, working in industrial automation for more than 10 years, traveling around. The world to install uh, laser uh, inspection systems <laughs> uh, and then started the project in the mobile world just after the creation of the app store uh, the apple app store big success with the company a bit unexpected but uh, it was really uh, a, a big journey of uh, engineer to entrepreneur uh, <laughs> uh, becoming an entrepreneur that's awesome simon simon operating for a decade to building the number one sleep app with over 60 million downloads. Tell me about the journey. Tell me about like, you know, the whole success story here. Yes, 13 years is a lot, but uh, you have to understand the first maybe two years, it was more like a side project. Uh, we really started the business to help my co-founder, Philip, with his tinnitus issue. Uh, he was using other apps, uh, very few apps at that time on the App Store that were not super good. Uh, so he told me like, okay, we should build an app where we could like create your own ambience and use different sounds, create your own like uh, white noise. And this is and we were young engineers looking to learn new technology, discover a new platform. Uh, so we decided to build this project. Like I said at the beginning, it was more a side project. And after a few months, we developed the project, learned the language, and really it became like a, a real success. Uh, it was a bit unexpected. We were not like, uh, we were engineer, not no marketing background, no, uh, no product designer background. So we were like, you really like uh, following the trend, looking at competition, looking out to improve the product. And finally, I think it was 2000, uh, 2011 with the release of the iPhone 4. Uh, 
I found went a bit more mainstream and the download started to pick up and the iPad re was released, I think the same year and the business started to generate more revenue. So we finally both left our day job and started working uh, full time on, on the project. So it was a, a real like uh, a bit soft start, but then it became a real company in 2011 and then uh, it was the ray the, the race to the bottom at 99 cent at that time so we were building multiple apps and trying to leverage our success with the first app we we did relax melodies um, then we built video games and <laughs> then we left the big video games uh, aside because it was too hard and then maybe 2018 we really decided with the success of Calm and Headspace, another app in the market, we decided to focus back only in relaxed melodies and then build a real team, really like start the, the real growth and real growth of revenue. So it was a kind of interesting adventure. And I remember I met you for the first time in, I think it was winter of 2018. I traveled to Montreal and relaxed melodies was one of the first projects, one of the first clients of App Growth Network, like you guys were. And I think at back then you were 20 people and back then you were, you know, doing well, successful. One of the things that stood out to me was you guys' data-driven mindset. Do you think that was the reason that you guys grew so fast and successful? At first, not really. Uh, in the last few years, yes, definitely uh, data-driven is super important. Um, but I think the, 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 the growth the growth point was really like deciding to focus on relaxed melodies and only one product and really improve monetization, improve the KPIs and really focus on data science. Before it was more like a bit like trying to improve, looking at data a bit like, uh, okay, but we had no, no, nobody inside the company really like uh, uh, very good in data science. But uh, yeah, so one one fun thing, I think the year before I met you, I went to the uh, MAU in Vegas and somebody asked me, oh, you have uh, that, ma that many million downloads. Uh, how, how many people do you have in marketing? And then I said, uh, zero. I have nobody in marketing, only me doing some like... Uh, paid campaigns. It was like, oh, and then it went, it went away. I was like, okay, maybe it's strange telling somebody I have like, uh, I don't know, 40 million download. They have nobody in marketing. <laughs> so that, then we decided to hire the, our first person in marketing to really like uh, focus on paid acquisition and make sure we optimize our whole like uh, user acquisition practices. And this is at the same time we meet, uh, we met together. And uh, I told you, I remember every moment of it because at the very, very first beginning of the journey with App Growth Network, I was really hands-on with everything. And one thing that is, I think, important is having a good product because when I met you, Apple had already featured you guys several times. So would you say that having a bulletproof kind of product that is I mean, they don't feature products for no reason. Can you kind of comment to that to say to, for people that they are new to their journey, how important it is to, some people just want to focus on downloads and marketing and a lot of volume, but the importance of like knowing that you have this product that is a killer in the market, obviously the first mover advantage. Now there's a lot of sleep apps back then, maybe there were less, but yet you guys were able to defend your position and to stay strong, you know? Yeah, yeah, technology and product is obviously super important. It depends on your approach, right? If you want to go full paint marketing, you can do it, but your life will be maybe harder. 
uh, on our side, we were always like super strong on organic traffic, really focused on improving product, our retention, all the monetization metrics. Uh, and also we were always like very close to Apple, going to uh, Apple uh, WWC every year, trying to meet with Apple marketers and uh, evangelists and all the, the important people that helps you to build your app better and really recommend you, okay, this is not super Apple style. So maybe if you work this part and maybe you improve that. So we were really listening to Apple recommendation, how to improve the product and make it more like uh, connected to Apple ecosystem. Also connecting and uh, making sure we support the latest iOS features uh, that made sense also to make sure we, the, the, with Apple it's, it's simple. You, you, Apple needs to like what you do, but at the same time you need to promote also the Apple ecosystem through your app. It really helps. Uh, and focusing of, on the, the design, uh, I think even at 20 person people, we were like maybe three designers. So having a very polished app, very different from other focusing on feature with Apple. I think we we have been like maybe 10 or 12 times uh, app of the day in the US, uh, maybe more uh, and globally, maybe more than 25 or more times. So it's not that it was an overnight success. You had to work hard to maintain a good relationship and standards that is needed to be featured in the app store, which I think that is important for organic growth and one thing leading to another thing, right? It's free marketing. It's like you can decide to go on your, on your own or you can decide to take the help of Apple and obviously it will help all your blended KPI to go higher because the more featuring you have in the store, the more traffic you will get. And Apple likes to, to promote apps uh, that, 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 they're, that are good. So you know that the traffic that will come is probably like good quality because it's people like looking for good apps. So it's also like, it really helps your business get better. Tell me about the team. Think about the 13 year journey. Obviously you and Philip started this, you know, as a, uh, you, you know, just just get this and the story of, you know, the story of why you guys did this. But then what were some of your best hiring decisions or how did you guys manage them and keep them like motivated to do what they do, Excel and all that? Uh, yes, good question. I think uh, we started uh, two engineers. So obviously we were able to do everything by ourselves for a few, maybe two years. And then we hired like a graphic designer because we were not super good at graphic design. Um, and then we understand pretty quickly that we need great people to, to work with us. We had a couple of data hires uh, that helped us to learn that, okay, you better like take your time to good, find good people, find people that are super motivated also in your mission and your culture. So we, we, we understood that the, the, the culture fit and the mission, the, 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 the love for the mission was so important that we really like improve our hiring process more and more until we were able to really get only almost A players in the team. And that way we really like uh, be able to, to achieve a better growth and accelerated the development, accelerated everything we did uh, and be on three platforms at the same time. So it really, I think, I, I think the people were, were the foundation, uh, but it was really really like 
making sure your hiring process is really, really like, uh, if you have a doubt, of, if you are an intuition of somebody you don't think you should hire, don't hire the person, uh, you're probably ending, uh, end up uh, regretting hiring this person. So it's, uh, you have to, to use your intuition and a very like uh, strict uh, hiring process to uh, keep on the, the best people uh, in your team. Very good advice, yeah. We deal with that every day. Every day, I think a founder, a tech founder or a business founder makes five to seven HR decisions, right? So Yeah, the, the worst thing you can do is, uh, oh, I need, really need that person. So this person is not so bad, I will take it. You will regret every time. This uh, there, there is no situation then hiring somebody that is not good enough will, if, if you're looking long-term, you, you will regret that decision. That happened to me. I made two HR decisions that I needed someone and both of them didn't last more than a few months. So that I think is a good advice for, and I just wanted someone, I needed someone to, you know, do these tasks or activities, but realized, well, now you have to go hire again. And, and it, they, they did great things. Not to, you know, not to discount the effort that those people did, but I think, um, and then taught me less of what not to do next. Yeah, the important with lessons is you, you need to learn from them. <laughs> right. If you have lessons and you don't learn, then you won't like improve. But I think as an entrepreneur, everybody at the beginning does a bad decision on HR, but you have to, you need to realize pretty quickly that is, uh, it will, it, it, it can break, it can break your business. This is a simple, you can, somebody can fraud you, somebody can take bad decision, can, somebody, somebody can take you down. Do you guys still take naps over there? Yes. No, but we do meditation at the office, but what used to be the office, the pre-COVID office, obviously now we try to do some yoga online. Nice. Uh, we have one employee that is a yoga teacher that does like yoga session on Zoom, but we are eager to go back to the office and do real uh, in-person team meditation and relaxation and yoga and like stuff that help you relax and create good habit uh, with your employees and stuff. I remember that you guys were posting that on social media that we all taking naps, and I think it's a, it's that calm and you know peaceful culture that people care about. The focus on importance of sleep, and I guess you pass that through your mission, and you know, and you want to serve that for the world, right? Through the app that you're building. Yeah, you need you need to be coherent your with your mission. If you treat your employee bad and you're like having a positive mission, at one point people will realize you're maybe a, not a very good person and maybe not super honest with them. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, like the audience for our podcast are usually app founders, co-founders, or growth marketers out there in our mobile community, right? So. What advice can you give to these people? So obviously for some of them, they're starting. Some of them, they're looking to exit. You've exited as well. You've seen it all throughout 13 years. Like from which your co-founder started something and then hired people and then exited. You've seen it all. And you've hired people that they're user acquisition managers or user acquisition directors. So if the audience is user acquisition people, what advice can you give to different people for different stages? I would say the first thing is really, I think, focus. You, you need you need to smart start small really like find your unit of economic uh, focus on your product to have a very to have a great product market fit if you go too fast and try to scale something that don't have the product market fit 
you can put a lot of pain marketing, but the reality, if you don't find it along the way, you will probably fail or never been able to achieve your your um, your KPIs. So you need to to really focus, really look at the data correctly. Don't, don't make sure you do you look at the double check and triple check your data, your discrepancies, everything about data. You you can take good decision with data, but you take you can also take bad decision with uh, incoherent data or incomplete or I don't know incorrectly managed data. So it's super important that data quality is good. That you take a, often a, st a step back and look at the big picture of everything you do, and then find where you want to focus and focus on that area until you you success you succeed. If you try to scale too fast, you probably fail. Uh, if you don't have your product market fit well and just want to go the investor way, you probably fail. This is a journey of making a product that will find its way to the user life. So you need product market fit and then you need also to find a way to find users. The distribution is super critical. You have to build your distribution also to make sure it's a... Sometimes this is not something that can be fixed later. You need to figure out uh, where you will get your users and start testing and, and finding how to bring you. Is it, is it organic, is it paid, is it whatever TV, is it? Uh, so so you, you, but you need to attack those big chunk what, one at a time and focus until you succeed. And I think you have more chance of uh, eventually grow your business and figure out uh, the, way, the way to go through this uh, journey. Well, I, as an agency, I always hear it for people to come to us and say, I want to go to millions, you know, like that's a common theme we hear. Like there may be in tens of thousands and they want to go to millions. And to me, the answer always is everything is doable, but in chunks with, with, experiments, with experiments, you can put dollar user acquisition money behind it and grow your user base. Is that sustainable? Is uh, are you getting more bang for your buck for every dollar you spend? Are you efficient? Um, do you have the right product? Is your do you have the right promotion? Do you have the right mix in place? Do you have the right retention? And how big is the market demand even for the kind of product you're promoting? Because you might be focusing on a sub segment. I mean, for you guys' case, I think it's a mass market product. A lot of people needs everybody needs sleep. Everybody needs like meditation, but sometimes they're not even thinking about the, did you guys ever have to deal with like the limitations of, oh, well, this is not our audience. Let's pull back from this market. We've done enough of experiments and this is not for us kind of situation. No, I think our product is pretty broad in terms of age and country is, but we still have some country that work a lot better than other, but we never had a case we had to pull back. Uh, maybe a bit on user acquisition or some international plan uh, where we were performing less good. And at one point you have to decide where you want to focus again. Maybe you're, you're super good. Uh, for example, you, we are very good in the US, but we always been a bit less good in the UK. We, we never figure out why. So the focus is really US, Canada, Australia, and the English uh, tier one countries. So at one point, you sometimes have, have to focus and let go some uh, <laughs> some more difficult plays. And then you can, 
once you master your, your your unit economic and growth on other countries, then you can go attack and figure out why this particular country or this particular market or segment isn't working. If you try to attack everything at the same time, you probably like just become a big blob of uh, something that doesn't work fine. Well, for some people, it's Android versus iOS or UEC versus Apple search ads, and they kind of figure out, well, you know what, I've got to let go of this channel or focus less on these operating systems maybe, right? Yeah, you have to you have to focus and try and adapt and try again and change and pivot. It's a, it's a complicated market that moves very fast. So you, you have to try different things and maybe something you try last year can work this year, you have to try again. Uh, so you, sometimes you have to start again with a beginner mindset uh, on the problem you already tried in the past because you could miss an opportunity uh, you were maybe too early or too, maybe you're too late. <laughs> you have to, to really like uh, do your work uh, as a founder or a marketer. So Simon, it's 2022, you've exited. Now in our industry is going through this whole privacy changes or attribution kind of tracking issues. With what you know today, would you do it again? Yeah, 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 for sure. And I will go faster. I think we uh, we could have go faster uh, with the learning I have today. Uh, we did too many products at the same time. At one point, I think we had like I think we had like uh, seven apps and uh, four games at one point with like twelve people. So, so this is not super sustainable, as you might uh, understand. So, uh, we should have dropped the other project before and really focus on the main one. But we were liking what we were. We were doing that game. We like this and we like that. And it was as an entrepreneur, like uh, liking, I love to do different projects. So I was, ah, let's right. do this, let's do that. And my co-founder, Philip, was the same. But at one point, I said, let's, even if we love them, just push aside and focus. And uh, that was the easy, the, the, it was the easy market at that time. Now, since the Apple privacy change, it's a lot harder to do your marketing. Uh, the data forecast is harder. Uh, obviously, the connection, you cannot like do retargeting anymore like you used to be able to do. Uh, you have to rely more on your first party data. And you have to really focus on uh, more high level KPIs before you could uh, know uh, which user came from Facebook or whatever platform and almost do a dedicated onboarding for that particular channel. Now it's not possible anymore. So you have to figure out ways to be more efficient and be still, still look at your data with all the, the, the limitation that the privacy and SKR network introduced. Yeah, I think uh, you nailed it. There is, but when there is disruption, there is innovation, right? that opens up room for people to do maybe like some co-coupons promos that they could redeem in the app so they can track that directly or try to use like all this in-app intelligence and analytic tools, advanced analytic tools that they could actually measure to granular level. There's still marketing. And now recently we heard that Apple is even promoting apps. They're allowing, it was a yesterday kind of announcement outside of the app. So did you hear that? You can actually have a link them outside of the app store for like unregistered or something they call it. Yeah, on the, oh yeah, you can you can have unlisted apps. Yeah, but that's good. That's good for a company that does like a private products or white labels, or you able to have a direct link for your customers. We don't want to promote your app directly in your store, and I think that's a good thing. Um, there are many use cases. Uh, probably many people are were asking you uh, Apple to have this feature. I think so too. 
So, Simon, would you have any final words of advice to our listeners? Word of advice. Hire good people, great people. Make sure your culture is strong and your first people you hire are very like connected to your culture because it's very hard to just change a culture later. And focus on your core values and then make sure your data is clean and then focus on one thing at a time. And it's easy. Don't, don't look at your product or data with pink uh, glasses. Make sure you look at the real data and the real important KPIs. It's easy to look at your good, good KPIs and tell yourself you're good, but the reality, you probably need to, to look at the, the KPIs a hard way to make sure you, you take good decisions. That's great. Thanks a lot for advice. And how do our audience get in touch with you? You can download our app on the App Store, Google Play Store, Better Sleep, look for Better Sleep, formerly Relaxed Melodies, or you can reach me personally on LinkedIn. I'm not super active on other social media, so LinkedIn is the best place to find me. Great. We'll make sure we put a link there at the bottom of this podcast. And thanks, everyone, for the, to listening to this episode of the App Growth Show. Again, I'm Fawad Saidi, founder of App Growth Network with Simon Berube, co-founder of Better Sleep. Uh, former the hypnos till the next episode uh, wish you a great day thank you thank you so much for tuning into this episode on the app growth show we hope you were able to gain some actionable insights on the lengthy and difficult road that many entrepreneurs must travel in order to achieve success in the mobile app industry. We hope you now have a better understanding of the importance of taking it slow and focusing on one thing at a time, the importance of ensuring that the initial product market fit is there, having a strict and intuitive hiring process, developing that initial culture within your company, and some of the steps required to develop a good working relationship with Apple. If you found today's episode to be helpful, please visit appgrowthnetwork.com and book your free call with us today to supercharge your mobile growth. See you in the next episode. Bye for now.